If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello there and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast and we're halfway through the year so we're taking a look this week at what to look forward to over the rest of 2023. Joining me as ever is Eurogamer's news team. We've got Ed Nightingale. Hello. And Victoria Kennedy. Hello. Hello. So uh, before the show I asked uh, you guys to come up with sort of a list of things that you're most looking forward to over the rest of 2023. There's a lot out there I know um, but we're going to try and whittle it down to our top three of each. Um, I thought it'd be cool to cut around in turn and then maybe from descending order, work up Ooh. to see what it is that we're most looking okay. forward to. Um, I, to say, I go... love that you're calling it the show now. <laughs> this is a show. What is it? To the show. This is the greatest show. It's a, yeah. I, it's a, I, I don't know podcasts but we're on video i hate the word um vlogcast or vlog <laughs> we're not vloggers but, no i mean we're not we're not anything really but we're here <laughs> we're doing a thing tom phillips here to really boost the morale of the news team this morning <laughs> <laughs> i know we're, we're extremely professional um so going back to the air of professionality professionalism I can speak. Ed, what is your third most anticipated game for the rest of 2023? So I'd plan to do this in chronological order of release date. So now I need to rearrange them quickly in my head. Mm. Um, (laughs) There are a couple that didn't make my top three. Um, I mean, there are loads of games I'm looking forward to. I will quickly shout out Stray Gods, which is out next month. um, Because I love musicals. So... A game as a musical I'm very excited about. Um, also Demon School, which is this kind of Persona-esque indie RPG. Looks super cool. Um, third, Okay, all three of mine are RPGs because... I'm shocked. You I love surprise RPGs. me, Mr. Nightingale. <laughs> I know. Shock. And the thing is, for me, this is very much a year of RPGs. There are some brilliant ones that have been out already. We've had like Octopath, Final Fantasy XVI, Zelda whatever else and there are loads more to come including the big one being starfield but that's not in my top three um so my third place one is Baldur's gate three. Oh, that was my now two. i have never played a Baldur's spoilers gate game. victoria oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> i've never played a Baldur's gate game i have very recently started divinity original sin 2 just to sort of get into the spirit of it but I feel like this is going to be a really good entry point. They're, they're making this for people who who haven't necessarily played the originals. Um, I am not a massive tabletop fan just because I haven't done it. I've done it once, but I really like the idea of it. And I really like the ideas that Baldur's Gate are bringing. It seems like there is a huge amount of player choice. You can be whoever you want to be in this world. 
um, you can have relationships with whoever you want to have a relationship with in this world. And I'm saying relationships be polite um, because, <laughs> hey, it might be a bear. And it looks You can beautiful. have relationships with bears. You can. Or less polite things with bears. So, and we're talking about the animal bears. Uh, of course. <laughs> so it just seems like there's so much choice and it's a real gateway into both Baldur's Gate and like D&D as a whole, which is an area that is just becoming so popular at the moment and I'm more and more interested in. So I think this is going to be a really good gateway into that. And there's a good amount of hype about this game. It's maybe more on the niche side, but I have a feeling it's going to be probably one of the games of the year. Yeah. You pretty much echoed exactly why I was going to pop it as my number two, because likewise, I've not played any previous Baldur's Gate games, but from what I've seen of this one so far, it looks to be, like you said, a really good entry point, I think quite inclusive for whatever your gaming preferences are. Um, it also visually, I think, looks very, very pretty. Like, I, I love that kind of fantasy world anyway, but I, I love the way it's been presented so far. Um, and just everything I've read about it, I mean, I, I know there was a little bit of discourse maybe around like the sort of 17,000 endings or whatever. I mean, they, they have since kind of reined that in and said it's more variations rather than anything else. But I just think that's a really, I think it's going to be a really interesting game to experience. Yes. So I'm, yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that one. And like you, I'm not a tabletop player. I'd like to play D&D, but I don't. I don't. Um, I've, I've watched a few like YouTube channels and things, but it's always been a world that I think looks really fun. So I am excited for that one, definitely. I'm really interested for it because I play D&D and I am part of that world. You know, I was playing last night and I know a bit about the classes. Well, the classes that I played, I don't pretend to know about all of them. <laughs> I know I know some of the geography of that world, some of the rules that you have to get to know about how things work there. And um, that's, you know, a relatively recent thing. I mean, I say that I've actually been playing um, since just before the first lockdown in 2020. So uh, at this point, three plus years. But it seems like a relatively recent thing. Certainly something I came to you know, having played video games for 20 years before that. But I've never played a video game set in that world. And I'm really interested to see how it translates, having had that experience of tabletop mm. gameplay first. And um, and having been to Baldur's Gate, as much as, in, you know, anyone can go to Baldur's Gate, in um, D&D, um, I played a campaign called Descent into Avernus, which starts in Baldur's Gate and you meet, like some of the ruling family that are there and the city guard and that's sort of where your choose your own adventure style campaign begins that's cool uh, and it goes to some very different places but i've already been there <laughs> in my head at least so i'm really curious to see Can how it see, looks like, that's not how it looks sorry you got this wrong guys larian this is not yeah to, <laughs> to me it's sort of in my head i imagined it like a cross between minas tirith and ankh Morpork, and i'm oh, sort wow. of curious to know what that Okay. actually translates to. so as someone who plays D D already are you going to go into borders gate and then be like actually i'm going to try like a whole new class or a whole new race or are you going to try and be like well i know i just don't know what you play and i know elves i'm going to be an elf or a... um that's a really good question i played 18 months as a rogue and now i'm playing eight, i've played about 12 months as a just over, just under 12 months as a as a fighter class I think I want to try something different. Yeah. 
I'm definitely eyeing up some of the mage classes because I am always a mage in you always go magic, fantasy yeah. game. Like, yeah. why would you not want to throw fireballs? But in this, there's like five different mage classes, and I'm like, well, which? How do they differ? Which one's best? So I need to do some research. I think before I before I select, I either want to be sneaky like a rogue, or I want to be hench like a barbarian. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Can I be a rogue barbarian? Is that a thing? I don't know. You can multi-class. <laughs> yeah. I'm either going to go beefy or sly. No in between. Nice. <laughs> I have avoided magic when playing you know, the pen and paper game because I am a bit of a newbie still to it all and keeping track of spell slots and things is a lot. So I've always gone for more sort of straightforward, um, you know, physically, you know, you can see when someone disappears and it's, you don't have to do like maths and things. Uh, if, if you're a rogue or if you're a fighter, um, it's much more sort of sword based combat. But I think in a video game, yes, you want to be messing around with all the magics and seeing the cool effects. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. But it wasn't one of my top three. Ooh. Oh. Victoria, what was third place for you? So third place for me is the Tintin game, which I think is still on track for this year, the Scars of the Pharaoh game, because I am a huge Tintin fan. I even wrote like a French thesis on Tintin and Hergé for my A-levels, and I just, I'm really excited about that game. And I, I know that it's maybe not one of the, the big games coming up, but for me, that is, I'm hopeful, going to be... Uh, just just a really good like nostalgic trip back to things that I love, so I'm very excited about the Tintin game. And Scars of the Pharaohs, it it wasn't my favourite um, of the Tintin stories, but it's a good story, so I'm looking forward to that one and having my little snowy gallivanting around beside me and Thompson and Thompson. I think that one looks like it could be a lot of fun. And I I know you're sort of looking a little bit more sort of query eyed there, Tom, because of Mick Rhodes, but they're not the developer; they're they're only the publisher. So I'm, I'm hopeful. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the idea of it. Um, I'm, I'm down to see a bit more of it soon, actually. But uh, yeah, I, I have such fond memories of those games. Sorry, of those comics as uh, growing up. Um, it'll be an interesting one. And, and as you say, it's an interesting story as well from very early in the canon. So you don't have some of the characters that come into it later, but. It sounds like that's sort of their, what they're aiming for. And if this is one is a success, maybe they will go on and do some of the, um, uh, the more sort of well-known titles. Mm. Also, it seems like we're never, ever going to get another Tintin film, like the Peter Jackson Spielberg plans to do oh, more the one of with, those. What's the say from Billy Elliot? Yeah. They were yeah. supposed to be doing more, and that doesn't seem to be coming to fruition anytime soon. So. Mm. What was your favourite Tintin comic? comic. <gasps> played a game, seen a film. I know nothing about Tintin apart from he has a dog called Snowy. He does. In French, it's called Milou. Um, what was your, your favourite comic? Tintin Tibet. Good choice. Good Which choice. is the first one I read. So I don't know. I think it's possibly a lot to do with it. But um, either that or it's something very predictable like Destination Moon, Explorers on the Moon. My son is a big fan of Destination Moon. Yeah, some sad of... moments in that, but some also really funny moments. Anyway, this yeah. is this is turning into a newscast about Tintin. <laughs> Sorry, Ed. <You> could... 
<laughs> we shall stop acting the goat. That's a Tim Tim reference. And move on. Um, for <laughs> me, um, third place, uh, Super Mario RPG. Yeah, I had a th- I had a feeling it might be on your list. Ed. That was also going to be uh, my like my my replacement number two. So I'm going to have to think again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I never played it on SNES. Um, you know, really difficult to actually find a way to play it. And well, it, it wasn't really... released physically in Europe. On the SNES. No, really keen to play it for the first time, and I miss that sort of really RPG feel to what well, I guess. Nintendo later took forward into the Paper Mario and Mario and Luigi mm. games, which, uh, for my mind, became a little bit dumbed down over time. Um, I thought the most recent Paper Mario was was all right, um, but nowhere near up there with Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. And I just miss an era where Nintendo were allowed to make their own new, unique characters to exist in the Super mm. Mario world. Like my perfect game, I think, would be to be able to explore the Mushroom Kingdom and go in all the toad houses and speak to them all and get their little side quests and go off and do things. And Super Mario RPG, I hope, scratches some of that itch yeah. as well as also being like a, a massive piece of Nintendo lore that I've never experienced before. And as a Nintendo fan, I feel like I've missed out on and I want to know what that chap, what's his name? Jen? Gino? Gino is called. <laughs> Wasn't it sure if it was Geno or Gino? Yeah, what he's all about. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, no, I like that it's like original characters as well as, like you say, the the Mario world that this finally gives you a chance to explore. Yeah. Um, I have wanted to play this game for so long um, because I love Square Enix's games. I love Nintendo games. This is them together. Um, I actually have it on my Wii because it was available on the virtual console. But I started it and then never finished. And I've now lost the um, the sensor bar for my Wii. So cool. I haven't been able to go back and finish it. So finally I get to do that. And it also, we should say, it looks stunning as a remake. Like they've, they've kept the perspective and the sort of character proportions, but just given everything a nice lick of paint, which looks great. A little great. bit of polish, which I think looks really nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Again, it's one I probably will play through with my kids. Um, they are big fans of mario so that game will tick all those boxes for them yeah absolutely back around to you ed now i've stolen super mario was that your number two it was my number two okay but i will throw in an extra which is lords of the fallen (laughs) okay guys Um, (laughs) you've got to stop taking my games (laughs) (laughs) um so lords of the fallen i never played the original game of it um I do own it because it was on PS Plus and it didn't really review that well and wasn't massively well received, but they are now making this new version of it that is essentially a new game with the same name. It is a Souls-like game. It's on the new Unreal Engine, so graphically it looks amazing. To me, it sort of looks very Elden Ringy, but uh, of course, because it's trying to be a Souls game. But in terms of the graphics, it looks really next-gen in a way that Elden Ring wasn't. Hmm. So I'm really excited about that. It has this sort of dual world um, that you can alternate between in order to, I guess, solve puzzles and stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think there are there are a couple of Souls games coming out this year. There's also Liza P coming out um, in a couple of months' time. I forgot about um, that. Which also looks decent. The demo was quite fun. Um, but Lords of the Fallen is that kind of 
dark fantasy kind of vibe that I really like. Um, So I'm hopeful that they've learned from more recent Souls games, learned from the mistakes of the previous game, and sort of wrapping that up into a really, really good Souls-like. Yeah, I think I remember when that first came out with the the trailer, and I remember saying this is what people wanted Elden Ring to look like. And I remember looking at some of the trailers and it was showing the detail in the guy's tunic and things. Like, it does look Mm. pretty slick. And then the... The bit that I'm most interested about for that game is the way that you can flip between is it the underworld and the overworld or something like it's mm. kind of like a mirror yeah, uh, like a transition, world, yeah, which I just thought looked really slick. So it's not necessarily a game that might necessarily like like I didn't play Elden Ring that kind of game didn't appeal to me, but when I saw how slick this game looked, it's definitely piqued my interest. Hmm. Uh, background to you, Victoria. Right, okay, I'm going to go Spider-Man 2 uh, then for my number two because I just think it looks, again, a very slick looking game and again, we've got that sort of slick, hopefully, character transition that I just mentioned for Lords of the Fallen and I'm just quite excited about the fact that um, so the most recent trailer they showed, they more or less, without saying, they said that it's going to be Harry Osborn that's Venom and I think it's going to be quite an interesting new story to tell in that universe. Um and I'm just looking forward to that. And I, I replayed uh, the first Spider-Man again recently, and I forgot how much I actually really enjoyed. I mean, I wasn't very good at it. I crashed into a lot of buildings. Well, I say crashed into a lot of buildings. Whenever I was being around as Spider-Man, he would automatically have to run up a lot of walls because I have no control over him. But as much as I was bad at it, I also really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to being able to do that again. Yeah, I'm not really a big Spider-Man or Marvel fan in general, but I've really enjoyed the previous two games like that and Miles Morales. Mm. just the they really nail that feel of being those characters yeah just the the graphics and the quality of the cinematics is brilliant and the storytelling they do is brilliant so even for people who don't really like marvel that much i think they're still just really great action games that anyone can play yeah i mean i quite like spider-man i remember watching like the tim mcguire films and things when i was a teenager i'm I'm not into the big sort of mcu universe that's kind of currently blowing up across mm. the cinemas and things but i still always quite like going back to those spider-man films and those spider-man games had that same kind of adventurous feel for me so yeah Agreed. yeah so I, i'm looking forward to that and i think visually again i keep going on about visuals which i hadn't realized i was so interested in until this conversation but what they have shown does look again very slick and um you know the the way the symbiote seems to be creeping it's 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 almost visceral even though it's on a game like i can really i'm quite excited about how they've done this mm. And I'm curious about the story they want to tell. By they, I mean the developers. Who's Venom? I think it's Harry Osborn. And I think they're setting themselves up for a Green Goblin third entry. Which will be Norman, Harry's dad. And I think there's going to be like an emotional climax where Peter has to like come face to face with his friend. So we shall see if I'm right or not whenever it releases later nice. in the year. Sounds like a Spider-Man story. Mm. <laughs> Tom, what's your number two? Yeah, this is predictable, but it's Assassin's Creed Mirage. Who would have thought? Oh, I heard that um, is your number one. No, no, it's well, it's you know, it's it's definitely up there for me as an Assassin's Creed long-term fan. This scratches a lot of itches. It moves the gameplay back from the massive two hundred hour uh, action RPG sprawling open world installments that we've had recently to a much more focused um city-based experience of the same size as 
Assassin's Creed Syndicate, I think, was probably the last time we got one of these sized games. And um, after having played a bunch of those big games, which do last hundreds of hours, it will be a nice palate cleanser to play something that's only 30, 40 hours, probably. Oh. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously, it, it, it goes back to the series roots in terms of sort of um, thematic setting. Um, the fact that you're playing as uh, a young guy who um, has a family tragedy happen to him. And that seems to be like every single Assassin's Creed protagonist <laughs> and sets out on this journey to become an assassin. Not every game you actually become an official assassin these days. Sometimes you're just a pirate or a Viking and you happen to be using, you know, the hidden blade or whatever. This is, it feels like a, a proper old school Assassin's Creed story mm. with gameplay to fit that with you know more grounded abilities we're talking smoke bombs over the fact that you can cool down the power of odin and you know slow down time that sort of thing um it looks beautiful it sort of looks how in your mind's eye you would remember assassin's creed one to look um mm. back in the day obviously it's that middle eastern setting this time centered in Baghdad, which looks beautiful. And it feels, it just feels um, polished from what I've seen of it so far. It feels, um, it, it, it was an idea that, <clears throat> you know, it, we've talked about this before, was originally born out of being a, a, just an expansion pack for Valhalla. And they thought, no, we'll do something a bit bigger with this and we'll turn it into its own game. And it feels like it's sort of, had the time hopefully that it needs to uh grow into that and you know as, as, as the assassin's creed series is in something of a pause right now um there's like seven or eight games in development so it's not really paused at all but in terms of releases it's now been years since valhalla came out and um we're not expecting anything else in the next 12 months after mirage i like that it can just exist as its own thing sort of as a love letter to the series and also a pause before we go towards the future because there's this big platform and loads of other games coming and hopefully this can just exist as its own thing in the moment and be really good. It does. Nice. Like, I, again, I like the setting that they are going back to that sort of more original Assassin's Creed feel, which I think looks very nice. And actually assassinating people as opposed to just running wild across England as I did as a Viking. Mm. <laughs> well yeah one of the controversial things of the last few games has been that um you don't automatically assassinate people all the time um you know you have to learn that skill or learn how to critical assassinate someone because apparently mm -hmm. just stabbing them in the head with a, a knife hidden up the sleeve no longer is enough <laughs> they want you to get into combat and hack away at their health a bit before you can actually yeah I think if you're jumping off a building from five stories up and you're impaling someone's neck with a knife, that should probably kill them. And I think even without a knife, you probably would, just with the force of the impact. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that in Assassin's Creed, generally, hey, is like your best friend for saving a fool. Don't try that in real life, kids. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, Ed, what is your final game your most anticipated game of 2023 still to come so my number one 
is out next month and it's sea of stars which is this retro style rpg it's from the developers of the messenger which was that ninja uh, again retro platformer which was kind of taking inspiration from ninja gaiden from the 80s and creating like a sort of new 16-bit or 8-bit and 16-bit um sort of new game based on that idea and this new game is different it's an rpg it's a top-down rpg but it is similarly a love letter to old retro rpgs specifically chrono trigger uh mario rpg uh final fantasy 6 that kind of snes era like golden age of of japanese rpgs so it looks incredible Mm. um it's it's that top-down pixel retro style but with so much depth to it um incredible lighting it's got a sort of golden sun type vibe to it as well um combat's also really fun it's got the slightly actiony combat that you have in the mario rpg series where you have to press buttons to do extra attacks and defend and things like that um it's also got music from i think it's the chrono trigger um composer so that's going to add that sort of authenticity to it. Um, it just looks it looks incredible. And for people that love all those old games, it's like all the best bits put together in this new package. And The Messenger was a great game. And it feels like they're going to do the same thing for this. I also love that it's coming out on basically everything. It's on Game Pass. It's on PS Plus now. Um, and um, there's demos available as well. So I've already played the demo on the Switch, which I loved. So that's also really hyped me up for the full full release. And that's next month. So I'm looking forward to that. I should say, it's not my kind of game, but it looks very, very pretty. Mm. Like the little animations that whenever I wrote the article about the PS Plus, I was watching the animations and they're just, yeah, like like you said, it's quite simple, but with depth still. Like it's really Mm. lovely looking. I feel like it's the perfect Switch game, but I'm thinking I might actually play it on PS Plus so I can have it on the big screen. Yeah. And for free. Well, including your subscription. That, I mean, that helps, yeah. <laughs> this is the first game that's being released across both subscription services at the same time. I think so. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Very cool. Victoria, the time has come. Your top most anticipated game of 2023 still to come. Well, I have two. One I think is releasing this year. No, no, I, I'm just going, okay, fine. I have an honourable mention, which I think is releasing this year, which is Plucky Squire. Okay, that's that. Plucky Squire, very excited. I think it's coming this year. My number one, though, is Alan Wake 2. Because nice. it's Alan Wake 2. I mean, that I mean that speaks for itself, really. I, I remember the first game, I think I played it almost in like 360 at my friend's flat with far too much curry in me. And I just remember being so enthralled by like how like psychologically like twisted it all was. And I kind of loved it which makes me sound like a very odd person but i loved it um i remember being very very scared as well because i was relatively young at the time but anyway i uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that sequel and again i love the fact they've brought in uh you know the the new fbi lady whose name i've forgotten it's like a month no saga that's it saga anderson um so i think it's going to be really cool to be able to play sort of two parallel stories yeah that game which I'm, I'm really excited about it. They've not actually shown all that much. But just the fact that it's a sequel to Alan Wake is enough for me to be excited. Are you going to be eating play. curry again? 
I mean, I do like curry, so there's a there's a very high chance. I'm quite partial to a good curry and naan bread combination with a nice beer on the side. And a video game. And a video game. I mean, does not that sound like a great night? That's a great Friday night in. Yeah. I haven't played Alan Wake 1, but this sequel has really piqued my interest, and I now really want to go back and play that first. And you've mm. just reminded me that it's on PS Plus this month. But that ends on Monday, so I now need to run and <laughs> get that done later. Get that sorted. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'd, I'd love to play the original first, because uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure that they'll tie together. Is it the remastered one I'd take on, Plus? I think mm. so, yeah. So they've changed some of the branding, because the first one had, like, Duracell batteries or something in it. I can't remember <laughs> exactly, but, yeah. yeah. I also I'm really, really enjoyed Control, um, and yes. I think that was the first Remedy game I'd played. So I really enjoyed that. So now I'm intrigued to go and play some of their other ones and see how they compare. Mm-hmm. Control's great. So Alan Wake 2 will be up there as my top game with an honourable mention to Plucky Square. So two very different games, but... I'm also going to do an honourable mention because I've realised that none of us have said Starfield and I am looking <laughs> forward to it. I'm really curious about it. I think um, we're all really curious about it, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to play it. It's on Game I'll Pass. We're probably all... Um, are going to play it, dip our toes in, and see exactly what there is to see. Um, again, it's it's a bit of an unknown quantity. We're um, fast approaching release at this point, sort of four, five, uh, five-ish weeks away, and um, we haven't played it, but uh, really curious to know and see exactly what it's like. My official top one, again, shouldn't be too much of a surprise, Super Mario Wonder. Um, how later this year you can turn into an elephant what more do you need and um, <laughs> a really sort of cool looking Super Mario game that moves the 2D series forward which was much needed I didn't want to see another new Super Mario Brothers game mm. and I think Nintendo is smart to have not just put out another one of those especially in the post Mario Maker era i think you need to do something really special that only nintendo can do to move the series forward and that element of surprise you know you can see exactly what nintendo are going for they're going for the the unexpected moments that get shared on social media and go viral you know like random things happening unexpectedly as you're moving through a level we all have our preconceived notions of what a mario 2d platformer looks like and this game hopefully is going to um, surprise us. Yeah. Which I'm really looking forward to. Do you think, you know how we saw Mario turning into the Mario elephant? Do you think there's going to be like a little cutscene like there was an Odyssey when you first change into, I think it's a frog that you first change and you like, it almost like goes into Mario's mind. Do you think we're going to have something like that for Wonder? I would love to know the Mario elephant lore. <laughs> it's Nintendo and it's Miyamoto, so I, it seems unlikely that we'll get it, but uh, mm. you never know. I mean, they are definitely boosting the animation, the graphics of it, and I love the style that they're going for. It sort mm. of seems to be blending the 2D and 3D worlds a bit, so I don't know how sort of cinematic they're going to make it as a 2D platformer, or mm. if it's kind of very traditional, but just with improved graphics. It does look a little bit psychedelic, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, Super that. Mario LSD. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, speaking of platformers, another honourable mention for me is Sonic Superstars, because Sonic. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit worried about it, if I'm honest. Oh, why? Because, it's, because they're pushing it as a co-op game, and I just don't quite see how Sonic can work as co-op. 
because it's all about going fast. And so I don't want to be held back by three other people. I want to just speed ahead. So I'm a little bit confused on how exactly that's going to work as a platformer. Mm. Um, get to race I'm, each other. I mean, I don't want to do that. I just want to race myself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm intrigued to see how that's going to work. But uh, yeah, I have. But it's Sonic, have some so. doubts. But it's Sonic, so of course I don't <laughs> Right. Thanks, everyone. Um, and thanks for watching if you made it this far. Hopefully that's given you some inspiration for games to play over the rest of this year and why 2023 is actually shaping up to be pretty good uh, in terms of video game releases. We'll be back with you very soon for more video game news. Until then, Ed, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights pretty much everywhere. And Victoria? Uh, I am at Little Chop Shop Gal, also pretty much everywhere. And I am at Tom Phillips EG, pretty much everywhere. Thanks for watching, listening. See you next time. Bye for now. Bye. See you then.